So we're going to talk about this. Is, um, this was really stirring in me, this, this whole Psalm 91, and, and Barb knows this. Is, this is, uh, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole where I almost got in a fist fight with a pastor because I was newly saved and still a rugby player at heart. I just, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who you are, and I don't understand the spiritual rank stuff, but I'm just going to about throttle you right now. So uh, because he told me, God, basically, I was so, we were so pumped up. We're just getting this stuff. And we're, so we went to Africa because, gosh, there were all these miracles and everything else. And we're like, man, I'm tired of open your Bible to page this. Let's hear the word of God. Like, somebody, where's the Yankees game, <laughs> right? Like, ugh. Um, I don't see Jesus doing that. I didn't see Paul doing that. I didn't see John doing, doing that. I didn't see anybody. They, they, they just, they kicked butt and took names because they understood who they were. They understood they were sons and daughters in Christ. And so anyway, we were so pumped up about Psalm 91. I was like, this actually, what if this is real? Because we had never, we had heard God's angry and if you don't like, love him enough, he'll torture you forever. That's how much he loves you. So I'm like, that's awesome. Can't wait to be married to that guy. So, <laughs> isn't that the gospel that we were taught? It's so bad to me. Now looking back, and so we had to be taught this. You have to be indoctrinated into the deal, you know? Because as a little kid, you, you kind of normally have trust in your parents, and then you got you to get it worked out of you by religion. So, um, I was so pumped about, they have all these ridiculous testimonies about divine protection. They really do, don't they? So there, like we went to the, the heart of where, Boko Haram and all this negative stuff's coming and, and uh, I don't know, we just kind of believe this stuff. We actually kind of believe the promises. You know, we're, we're going with all these pastors and they're going, and I'm not, you don't have to believe like this. This is just what I was just, I, I was just believing the stuff I'm, I'm reading in scripture. And so I remember the first time they're going, did you get this shot, this shot, that shot, that shot, that shot? Remember all the pastors? I'm like, no, I'm a Christian. And I'm, so that was my first, like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Because I'm, I'm not in ministry at all. I'm just this goofy business guy that wants to go see the dead raised. And uh, I'm like, I'm so pumped. And then they're going, you got to get this yellow fever and all this stuff and this stuff. This stuff. And I was like, oh, I, I, I just thought, like, we're, we don't do that kind of stuff. Like, we trust God. Yeah, like, we actually believe this stuff, you know. And so... Uh, and I'm not saying if you need medicine, that's not who I am. I'm not like that. I just, I just knew it couldn't touch me. I'm like, no, no. And all those guys got sick, all these mega pastors. And they're like, so you didn't get that shot? I'm like, no, no, nothing that comes into it. There's nothing outside of you guys you have to worry about. It's what's in your heart that defiles a man. It's what you believe. It's what you believe. Does that make sense? So, hey, if you're, if you're taught, hey, you know, that's going to do that to you, then you better pay attention to that. But if you realize all that's nonsense, that we can eat wings and hot dogs and watch the World Series and just enjoy life. It's a fun thing. It's wonderful. So we'll actually, if we do the World Series, we'll actually teach you some spiritual things. I go, you can eat that. You really can. It's, and it's wonderful. You'll get there. Some of you guys will get there and you'll realize what I'm talking about. It's like, you mean you can eat anything? Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. Why would he give us taste buds and like fat and cholesterol and sugar if it didn't taste good it's like he gives us that stuff because it tastes good as a little kid as a five-year-old um justin tracy if you give your if you give your daughter candy does she like that better than like leaves <laughs> hey here's your leave pop no kids get it right they're like give me the sugar so and are they sick no, no. you got to learn this stuff it's poison. It is to you. To me, I can eat like pounds of it. Just, that's okay. I'm serious. This is how the kingdom works. It's, it's really bizarre. So anyway, we're all, we're all pumped up. And uh, this is really what I'm trying to get to. And I'm just trying to get back. That's why I told Barry. I said, man, we, we, I got, religion had to beat this stuff out of me because we just were naive and believe stuff. And because uh, that's what I thought we were supposed to do. That's the word of God. Awesome. So that means nothing can come near my tent. No, 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 you got to take your yellow fever shot. Wait a minute, it doesn't say that. It just says nothing can come to you. It said 10,000 people that get the yellow fever shot are going to fall by my side, but it will not touch me. And we're pumped up about this deal. So anyway, so we get there, and, and, uh, and this pastor is like, so there's all these mega pastors. I'm just this dude that's like, yes, this is finally somebody who believes stuff. And uh, wonderful. Um, and this guy's like, how come we 
don't we like to see the miraculous? Don't we want to, don't we like light years and all that stuff? Like, you mean I can create like that? Doesn't that stir anybody up? It stirs me up. It stirs me up a lot. And so I'm like, oh, what if this is real? No, it's not real. Wait, I thought it was the word of God. It's not really the word of God. Like, oh, well, which parts are? Well, not that part. Oh, so, as you know, that, that's when I got in the fist fight. Cause I'm just like, I, I have no time for you. I was like, just tell me which parts I'm supposed to read and which not, because I don't have time for your nonsense. So I get, was talking to all these mega pastors. I didn't know whether there was spiritual authority and rank and all this stuff yet. So this kid's like, Bishop, why do you see all these miracles here and we don't see it in the U.S.? Is it because you need it here? And I thought, you arrogant little turd. Like, what a question, right? What a question. And I love the answer, and I've never forgot it. And so I can tell he's getting agitated by all these U.S. guys. And he's tapping his thing, and he goes, Young man, let me tell you where you missed it. We believe what it says. And as soon as you believe what it says, you'll see the miracles too. Next question. And I was ready to blow out of there. I was so excited. I'm like, yes, because I actually believe this stuff. I actually believe it. I'm there. So you guys want to be there? That's what I want. That's what I want you guys to have. Fair enough? So... Anyways, how to be free from every natural situation. Wouldn't that be exciting? Because once you get this stuff, there's no natural situation that will ever hold you back. doesn't matter if it's health. doesn't matter if it's uh, relational. Doesn't, it doesn't matter because he's given you the creative ability of himself that creates galaxies and light years. Cool? And it's real. It's real. So anyway, um, let me just read this out of... Uh, I was... You don't have to go get these books. I'm just trying to share. I love neuroscience. And I love this stuff. So a lot of you guys know Carolyn Leaf, you know, how to switch on your brain. I just want to, I want to share. I love that spirit, spirituality and science interact. It's, it's really the same if it's done correctly. And the church shouldn't be afraid of it, you know. Um, and so I, this is, a, I, want, I want to read some highlights in here. So here's, what, here's how it starts out. If you realized how powerful your thoughts are, you would never think a negative thought again. So this is a neuroscientist, right? So let me tell you, so quantum theory, you don't have to understand all this stuff. Science is just starting to explain the spiritual world, what's been in front of us our whole time. Quantum theory converts science's conception of humans from being mere cogs in a gigantic mechanical machine. That's how most people think we are. God's up here, he created us, and now he's sovereign, and he like tinkers, and we really have no choice in this deal, right? That's kind of how he's sovereign. So he may heal you, he may not. That is zero assurance. He may provide for you, he may not. That's garbage. He may love you, he may not. He might turn his back from you if you're a bad person. Well, then he turned his back on all of us. Because if we really, there's dark places in every one of us, is there not? That uh, we're probably not real excited about. Like, gosh, I wish, there's healing for that. But he'll never turn his back on you, ever. He'll never stop blessing you, never stop favoring you. He can't. He's himself. That's all he is. So anyway, we're not mere cogs in a gigantic mechanical machine. Um, <clears throat> we're free-thinking agents whose conscious, whose conscious choices affect the physical world. Isn't that, isn't that what Genesis says? I've set before you life and death. Choose life. I let, you, I let my kids choose this deal. What? That's crazy. The observer what we focus on, the observer, this is the, called the observer effect in, in quantum science, meaning wherever you place your attention comes from the spirit, a potential, a sine wave, like that's where I love the, the double slit experiments and everything, to real. Whatever we think happens. And science is showing you that. So it says the observer effect. The observer, you and I, determine the direction in which all the possibilities collapse. So what we see in the spirit, what we focus on the spirit, we see in our life is basically saying. In the quantum universe, as we, the observers, affect phenomena, space-time, we turn possibilities into reality. Here's the bottom line. What you think about changes matter. Is that cool? It's cool. So then I'll just read the, the couple things here. Whatever you think about will grow the most. So the more the cycle moves with a particular thought, the stronger it grows. And she's talking about, um, it takes around 21 days of this cycling for the necessary protein changes to happen to create long-term integrated memory. Meaning that, if you ever heard Dispenza and all these guys, how they describe it, they go, what you think about enough actually starts to rewire your brain. You actually create new nervous neurocircuits and, and, and uh, circuitry so you can actually believe stuff. So it becomes real to you. So um, whatever you think about actually starts to persuade you. That's where faith comes. 
listen, you can pray in tongues for the next 10 years. You can read your Bible for the next 10 years. And if you have fear and worry as you're doing it, you get nowhere, I promise you. Because it's taught incorrectly, in my opinion. They're like, if you just read that book long enough, faith will come. How's it going? Anybody want to just punt that thing every now and then? They get angry. They get frustrated. This is why my brain detox plan is for 21 days. If you stop at day four or five thinking about the right thing, which is often when people give up, the consequence will be the memory departs, which means it dies and becomes heat energy. Simply put, you forget. You forget, right? And then it says this. So, and this is, this is where the rubber meets the road, where she's, I'm just giving you highlights. It says, we, we have the incredible power of God that's been given to us. This is neuroscientist. This isn't, she's a Christian neuroscientist. She said, to be able to think and choose to create reality. We create our reality by what we think on. According to your faith, be it unto you. Isn't that what Jesus kept saying? I'm going to teach you how to have faith. Not difficult, not, it has to be simple enough for a kid to do it. Okay? So if it, if it requires something that you must do externally, it's not, it's not going to persuade you. That's, that's number one. So if you have to babble, if you have to read this long enough, if you have to do anything long enough to order to get faith, you're not going to get there, or it's going to be really hard. Some of you guys might do it, but it's, I'm not making you guys mad yet, am I? Sometimes the older brother's like, I've done all that, <laughs> and that really ticks me off. So it's our choice that makes something out of nothing. Our choice of what we think on collapses the probability into actuality. Uh, that's cool, isn't it? So that's, that's Carolyn Leaf. All right, so let's go to this first slide. How do we do this thing? Where did Jesus say the kingdom is? It's within. He says the kingdom does not come from something you can see. Doesn't he say that? It doesn't come with observation, meaning if somebody says, uh, hey, you got to do this over here or I'm over here, something that's external from you, what did Jesus say? It's not the kingdom. He goes, the kingdom's within. And the little children can understand the kingdom. And I've given it to you. And is he the king of the kingdom? And then he, then the, Jesus has this other really, Jesus, Paul, John, all the apostles have this other really great wild revelation. This, so he's the king of the kingdom. So this secret that's been hidden for ages but is now revealed. So it's, this, it's always been there. But it's just we get this great light. We get a revelation of something that's always been true is what he says. Which is the King is where? In you, and you're married to him. You've become one. So if the, if the king and the anointing, the Messiah is in you, and you share the exact same anointing, holy smokes, that changes some things, doesn't it? So every answer, every promise. So here's some promises. I just want you to think about this logically a little bit, even though that's the carnal mind, but this should convince some of you guys. Does he say that I've already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness? What if we believed that? He says, up until now, you didn't realize you were a family member, but now you can use my name, your family member. Ask anything that you will, and I will do it for you so that your joy may be full. Does it say that? What if we actually believed that? That'd be wild. Isn't that crazy? He doesn't say, well, if it's your will and all this weird stuff that religions put into it. And he says, uh, let me, what are some other ones that are good? Um, oh, give me some promises, guys. Uh, oh, do you read Deuteronomy 28 and get rid of the ifs. That's a, that's a good one because it's Deuteronomy 28. It says, if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, then here's, what's, here's what your life's going to be like. It doesn't matter what business you're in or not business you're in. It says, whether you're in the city or in the farm, are you going to be blessed or not blessed? You're blessed coming in, you're blessed coming out, right? It says your kids are going to be blessed. They're not going to stray from you. All these amazing promises, every promise is what in him? Yes and amen. So you can take any, so it's not conditional like the old covenant was, if you do these things correctly, then I'll bless you. Isn't that kind of how we looked at God? If, if, he, if we're good, he blesses. If we're bad, we curse us. That's the law. And people are like, well, um, what, what, if we, what if we think incorrectly and it's not according to God's will? Will he still give it to you? I don't know. 
They begged him for a king forever. Did he give it to him? Yep. yep. Now here's one. Here's a really crazy one. I think I've talked about this before. We, we look at why was, why was David a man after God's own heart? Because he had a skinny dip with Bathsheba? No? That wasn't it? Oh, wait. So what was it then? Um, and then he's like, oh, Russian collusion. Um, I got to get rid of the evidence. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go send her husband in the front lines because I'm pretty going to kill this guy. Was that a man after God's own heart? Now, here's the really crazy one. Ladies, don't get mad at me. This is your book. Okay? That is the word of God. Here's what your word says. David, if you wanted another concubine, you could have just asked me and I would have given her to you. That's in your book. Do we believe that stuff? See how we get in trouble if we take it literally? <laughs> how would that work, sweetie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's in the book. So here's what he's saying. Like, David, if you wanted another wife, I would have just given it to you. So will he give us stuff even if it's wrong? Yes, because we have creative ability. That's why he says you need to get this stuff. The golden rule applies. So I'm, am I telling you to go crazy? No. I'm telling you that you have so much creativity and div divinity in your heart and mind because you're one with the creator. You're one with him. You're in perfect love relationship with him that you can have your desires at any time so your joy may be full. So make sure that it doesn't harm another person. Will it still happen for you if you believe it? Yeah, unfortunately. That's the really negative part, right? So he's like, follow me because I'm the only way. And I don't do things like you do. I don't, I don't have revenge. I don't, need to, I don't need to do all this weird stuff about sin that you believe, like somebody's got to get killed. and that, That's not who I am. Love forgives. Does that make sense? Because think about it in relationships again. If I, if, I, if, if I demanded her to give blood so I could see her again, how, again, isn't that just a weird, just bizarre, the stuff that we believe, isn't it? So anyway, you're creative. He's within He's given you his ability, which is pretty amazing. So choose life, meaning that we think we lust after things because we don't realize they're freely given to us. So we try to get them in our own strength. Does that make sense? So that's what he's kind of saying. Listen, I'll satisfy you if you just, if you know how much you're loved, man, you're going to be madly in love with your bride like I am. Whoa. So ladies, just flutter your eyes. We're worthless after that. So we really are. We're pretty simple human beings. So uh, anyway, let's, we better get going. All right. All right. 1 Corinthians 2.12, just real quick. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are, we have to work for, freely given to us. We have the spirit of him, so we know what's freely given to us. The natural man, what we see with our five physical senses, or the carnal man, or the diablos, the fallen mind is what it says, we, we judge reality by what we see here. And this is what the bishop, when we were all these mega pastors, when he was like, if you just start to believe who you are in these promises, things will start happening. And he said, you've lived among the humans too long. You've forgotten who you are. See, we think we're human praying to a distant God, don't we? But was Jesus, you, most of you guys have heard this in the churches you grew up, was Jesus fully man? But that wasn't all he is. So he was fully what? God in this weird union, right? He was incarnate. The, this God became flesh and dwelt among men. All, every one of us. So we have the incarnation. His spirit, we're, we're fully God, we're fully human is what it says. And so that's what all the early church fathers said is, and it's shocking now because it seems like heresy, but it doesn't matter whether it's Irenaeus or Polycarp or Origen or, or any of the guys that, that I mentioned last week. They all said this. So you can go read their writings. God became man so that we may become Elohims. Shocking, isn't it? Wouldn't that change some things if we're not begging desperate, trying to beg this twist God's arm because we prayed good enough? I don't even know how to do it. I don't, know, I don't even know what praying correctly is. Well, I actually do. I don't know how you're praying correctly is. Like, if I got to do all these things. Wait a minute. I, as a child, and if I have good parents, I just ask. And if I need it, they, I have it. That's normal, right? That's love. So anyway, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit. So a lot of times, don't send me negative emails because I'm not going to respond to you. 
Because the, the natural mind doesn't understand what I'm saying. They think it's heresy. The natural mind receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. What are you, are you, so you're saying, that's where it's foolishness to them. No, I'm not saying that your book's saying it. So they are foolish unto him. Neither can they know them because they're spiritually discerned. Where's the Spirit? Inside. He that spiritual judgeth all things, yet he's a judge of no man. Isn't that what he says? Hey, thank God we're in Christ because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? You and I. We have the mind of Christ. They forget the next, the next verse. We have the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? To start to see things that's true about us in him. What's true about in, us in him? I gave you some of them. Every promise is yes and amen. And he will, he will answer your prayer exactly how you believe he'll answer your prayer. According to your faith, be it unto you. All right? So Hebrews 11.1, 1, this is the whole faith thing, which has been, I'm just trying to make faith easy because it's been so abused, in my opinion. So here's out of the mirror translation, but most of you guys know King James. Um, how's it going, King James again? By faith we understand, no, uh, but now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, is how Hebrews 11.1. 1. That doesn't mean anything to most people when, when they're trying to read it in King's English. I think this is better. Faith is simply, I believe something. I'm, I'm persuaded of something. Fair enough? I believe something. You, the first thing you all need to know is he, you are loved unconditionally. That'll never change. You can go be the craziest thing ever like the prodigal son. He still loves you, blesses you, favors you as if it never happened because you're perfect in him. So, so then, then I get the foolishness of the religious guys. So are you saying, yeah, I know. What a good God, right? Because otherwise you and I are involved. <clears throat> So persuasion, what we believe, confirms confident expectation. So if you confidently expect something, which is the word hope, in the, hope is the confident expectation, and, and persuasion, what we believe inside, confirms the confident expectation and proves the unseen world to be more than the real than what we see. Faith celebrates as certain what hope visualizes the future. Faith alone explains to the natural eye how the ages were perfectly framed by the word of God, which is him, and he is perfect love, so everything works correctly when we know we're loved. And everything works where it doesn't affect another person. The golden rule is, if we're doing it out of love, where we want, would we ask this for ourselves in prayer? If, if yes, then we need to ask that for our enemy. Not judgment, like, Lord, bless them, favor them. Ooh, that's tough sometimes, isn't it? Because our natural mind starts getting in there. So, but you know what? When you start doing that, when you're like, wait a minute, they're just as messed up as me, and he loves me, how much more now can I love my enemy and actually start praying for him, right? So <clears throat> faith alone explains that everything we see was framed by something we can't see is basically what King James says. So when is God is spirit and he is love. Can you see love? Like, it's kind of intangible, isn't it? And yet he goes, I'm love and I'm light. And so everything that you see physically is created out of something you can't see is basically what he's saying. Do you, you, you follow me so far? Meaning that if we really get this, he goes, you have the mind of Christ. Start seeing your life how you want it in him versus trying to get him to change something here. It has to change what you believe in here. Then you'll see everything outside you change. Fair enough? So the parable of the sower, Jesus says this. I call it the life hack of all in the scriptures. So he, Jesus comes along. He goes, hey, by the way, I created this whole thing. I own this whole thing, and you're married to me, so it means you own it. So you think Bill Gates, if you're an heir of Bill Gates, is wealthy. How about this marriage? You guys own everything in this marriage. So Jesus comes, and he goes, I'm going to tell you how all of this works. Now, wouldn't that be a good thing to know? He gives us the parable of the sower, and then he explains to the disciples what it is. He's like, so if I plant a corn seed, am I pretty confident I'm going to get corn? Yes. Do you and I know how that corn seed works? No. If I plant an apple seed, am I pretty confident I'm going to get apple seed? Yes. So we just had this discussion. We will no longer plant zucchini. Because everybody, as long as I've been alive, my mom, now us, we're trying to get rid of our zucchini. Like, <laughs> let's plant something that we want, right? Instead of like, do you want our zucchini? <laughs> like, oh, thanks. <laughs> it's just a, it's a novel thing to me. I'm like, why do we keep planting this stuff? Nobody wants it. Everybody's trying to give it away. So... But if we plant zucchini, are we pretty confident we're going to get zucchini? Yes. yes. And here's Jesus saying this. He goes, listen, your heart is the Garden of Eden. This is the way back into the garden, your heart. 
Your heart is the soil. Whatever you think has the power of God in itself to make that thought come to pass in your life. It will come to pass, period. We know not how is what he says. So he tells us the parable, the life hack. And then Jesus says this, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand anything I'm saying. Doesn't he say that? So if we don't get that, if we don't get that divinity is within and whatever we put in our divine hearts and minds is what we're actually going to experience, we're going to miss the whole thing. We're going to start filling it with religion. We're going to start coming up with weird things of why prayer doesn't work. Maybe it's not his will. Maybe he didn't pray long enough. Maybe you need, oh, tongues is the reason. Like, stop already. I've watched you pray in tongues for 40 years. I haven't seen any fruit, so stop. If it's perfect prayer, then you're doing your perfect prayer wrong. Let's stay up all night. No, the life hack is he gives to his beloved when you sleep. Go to sleep. It's better because joy comes in the morning. Why stress? So you'll never, guys, if you, if you want an all-night prayer meeting, this is not the place. No, yeah, you can do it. And if you're at my house, this is what I'll say, Justin, you can stay here. I'm going to bed. No two o'clock prayer. That's just for the, that's garbage. If, if the minute we ask for it, he said, yes, why do we need that prayer chain? Maybe we should actually believe what it says, right? So the parable of the story, he reels the secret of the kingdom. God's unlimited creativity is within us. What we think and feel in our heart is a seed, and it will return exactly what you thought and felt. So we, we should probably like, take this seriously, don't, don't you think? Because this is the secret to the whole kingdom is what he says. The new covenant is learning to live with the mind of Christ, not here, because what we plant in here, seeing, God's, seeing the world through his perspective, is how we're, what we're going to experience out here. Follow me. All right, let's go to the next slide. I'll, I'll get done. I'm actually going slow, but I'll get done here now. We'll speed this thing up. All right, so the old covenant are types and shadows. You guys, are you guys good with me now, all you guys online? Because a lot of people are like, what is a type and shadow? It means that the, the old covenant stories were, were stories about Jesus and our union with him. So there's a spiritual meaning behind it. It really, in my opinion, doesn't do you much good to understand the, the literal story because they were types and shadows pointing to something better of good things to come. Because in the old covenant, you see death everywhere. If you do these things, you're going to die. In the new covenant, life reigns is what Paul says in Romans, right? The old covenant, you died. <laughs> new covenant, you live. So choose life. So we better figure out what these old covenant, they're types and shadows pointing to good things to come is what Hebrews says. So Exodus 25, 20. So I'm trying to get this. The, the cherubim, the cherubim are those, that the Ark of the Covenant there, are the two golden angels like that. And it said, there's two golden angels. The cherubim are to have two wings, or are to have wings that spread upward overshadowing the mercy seat. This should give you a clue what Psalm 91 says, because if you abide under the shadow of the feathers, right? So that spread upward overshadowing the mercy seat, the cherubim are to face one another. John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was pros, face to face, exactly. <clears throat> The beginning was not, he kicked us out of a garden. The beginning was, in the beginning you were face to face, you started to believe the, long, the wrong thing and you left the garden. But there's, I'm going to preserve a way back. It's between the cherubim. He tells us right there, how do we get back into the garden? Between those things. So we better know what those things are, right? <clears throat> Is that about as simple as you can make it? Yeah. Hey, there's this garden of Eden and I've preserved a way back. It's between the cherubim. The cherubim are to face one another, looking towards the mercy seat. Set the mercy seat atop the ark and put the testimony that will give you into the ark. The second set of stones, his, his, the second time God wrote to Moses, he said, don't, put the stone, don't show the stones to people. Because when Moses came down the first time with the stones, what happened? 3,000 people died. <laughs> so anyway, should tell you something. So Moses goes up second time, and then God says something interesting. Don't show these commandments to the people. Put them inside the mercy seat. That's what he's telling us, right? So put the testimony I'll give you into the ark. I will meet with you there above the mercy seat, between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the testimony. All right, so let's figure this out. Because then the revelation, Jesus comes and he goes, listen, I'm the temple. And then Paul says, don't you guys know you're the temple? So the two cherubim above the Ark of the Covenant were where? In the temple system. In the holiest of holies, right? Only the high priest could go in there. 
Nobody else could see God because that's where God is and you can't see him. But the high priest gets to go see him and meet with him face to face, right? Once a year. It's a type and shadow of something better. So if the, if the holiest of holies was, you're going to meet with God face to face under the shadow of the cherubim, that's where God's going to meet with you. So all of his love, all of his provision, all of his favor, all of his blessings are there. It's where you're going to meet him. And it's, between, it's in the shadow. You can't see anything. You can't see it with your physical eye because it's dark. But it's really good in there because that's where God is. And that's where I'm going to meet with you. And that was in the holiest of holies on the Ark of the Covenant, carried on the shoulders of men, right? And that's where, God, that's where we meet with God. So in the Old Covenant, it was the temple system. But then that's a type and shadow of something real about Jesus and you and I. Then Paul says, guess what? You're the temple. So where's he going to meet with you? Between these cherubim, wherever they are, right? Whatever these angel guys are. Now, this is what's really funny to me is, is I've, been, I've been searching out what, what did the Jews believe? What did the Hebrews believe about cherubim? And they literally, they literally describe it like this. Even when it's described in how they, it says, you are to use your cunning imagination to create the cherubim in the curtains. Meaning like, use your imagination. So it already, right in the temple, it's going, these cherubim have something to do with your imagination. And so the Jews say, the cherubim literally are your divine in imagination, and it's God's chariot. It's the chariot of fire where you can go anywhere at any time and point in space in your imagination. That's God's, that's God's Corvette. That's how he moves. Moves at the speed of light. Isn't that cool? That's what the Hebrews taught is the cherubim are your divine imagination. They already got it. We think they're angels flying around. All of that's within you is what he says. Hey, all that's in. The temple's in you. So isn't it ironic that I'm going to meet with you between the cherubim and the brain is called the cerebrum, which is the exact same word as cherubim. You can't see God in there, but we can. That's where we meet with him. Make your request known to me. How do we do that? We use our imagination to see what we desire and deep talks to deep where we can't even see him face to face. He hears everything we put in there. And if we know he hears it, we can realize it's God's creative ability himself making what we see in there come to pass. No words needed. In fact, Jesus goes, hey, you guys are kind of rookies at this. God hears me all the time. So I'm just saying these prayers out loud for your benefit. <laughs> Doesn't he say that? He goes, because I know he always hears me and he's within. You know not of the food I have. I have nourishment within. You starting to get this? The kingdom's within. So where's he going to meet with us? In our divine hearts and minds. Hallelujah. So wherever you do there, he sees perfectly and starts to bring it to pass. We know not how, but the thought itself, just like a seed, has the creative ability in itself. So if I plant, my wife is the hottest little thing on the planet. In my mind, what starts to happen? I start whistling at her. <clears throat> I do. <laughs> I do. And you know what? I think that. I really do. I'm not making it up. It's like, because I put that, I'm like, wow, Lord. Like, then there's th certain things I say that I can't do publicly because it's might be kids hearing this. But it's good, sweetie. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a good marriage to imagine? So I imagine like, she like throws herself at me all the time. What a good wife. <laughs> hey, that's better than what most of you guys think about your wife. So relax, right? That's how it works, guys. That's how it works. It's how it works, man. It's, yeah, Dennis, you and I have had great talks about that, isn't it? It's like, yes, that's how it works. That's how it works. Ladies, just flutter at us. We're, we're stupid. We'll do anything for you. So, <laughs> is this making sense? All right, let's go. So, he's going to meet with us under the shadow of the feathers. Now, let's get to Psalm 91. Woo. This is where you have divine protection. If you believe this stuff, you have it. You have it. Isn't that cool? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where's the shadow? It's under those angel guys, the cherubim. Under the feathers, right? Where is that? In your brain, in your mind. So, one, I will save the Lord. He's my refuge. He's my fortress, my protection, my God. In him I'm going to trust. Surely he shall deliver us from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. Surely, surely. There's no doubts. There's no, sometimes God moves in mysterious ways if you actually read the writings. 
No doubt this is how it works, right? Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the follower. What if we actually just believe that? So if there's anything going, negative going on in our life, it's like, nope, I'm going to dwell in the secret place of the Most High and see how I want life to look. Surely he's going to deliver me from this situation. Wouldn't that be good? That's faith. So he shall cover thee with his feathers. He's, they're prophesying about who we are. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler, meaning your protection. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walks around in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth that noonday. Guys, you don't have to worry about global warming. What? Sorry. I got myself in trouble as an engineer too when I was an environmental engineer. I raised my hand. What have we run out of? You're not supposed to actually think about this stuff. You're supposed to be afraid of it. No, I refuse. I refuse. I was a water engineer. I was, so what was this? This was 1995 at Peterson Air Force Base. Um, Bill, you know this. You talk to the old guys, right? They, they know the stuff. You talk to these old crusty sergeants that have been there forever because they're going, God, you know, we're going to run out of water. Phoenix has taken all of our water. And, we, and geez, you know, we got to do this. This, this, this. this old guy comes to me, this old chief. Chief, Chief Maya. Chief was just the best. He taught me correct. First thing we would do, we would get into the office. I don't know if they do this in the Army, probably not, because the Air Force is kind of a slacker service. But. So he's like, Lieutenant, we're going on a run. And I'm thinking, you look a little chubby for a run. And he's like, no, 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 not a physical run. We go to McDonald's every morning before we start our day. Oh, run, run, let's run, let's run. <laughs> every day, the chief taught me right. So this chief leans over and he goes, Lieutenant, we got enough water in Colorado with all of our reservoirs for 50 years of growth. Don't listen to these guys. Is that what you hear? I was taught peak oil. Some of you guys know that. Hey, only Saudi Arabia, all this stuff. Guys, we, we're, we're net exporters now. He's abundant. He, we don't run out of stuff. That's all fear. That's all fear. If I'm a good God, if I'm a good father, I don't go, hey, be, be worried you're going to run out of stuff. Does that, cause, does that give her assurance? No, that's a bad father. That's a bad husband, isn't it? So he's saying, don't worry about stuff because, listen, the birds of the air, they don't store stuff up. They don't do anything, but I just feed them. Let's just live life and enjoy life. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Relax, right? Do you want straws? Yes, two, please. Because it went from 83 to 13. I'm trying to warm this place up. Anybody else with me? I do. I, like my whole thing, I'm like, can you get two straws for all of us? They look at you like you're the devil, you know? I'm like, it was cold the other day, wasn't it? I don't want to be like North Dakota, I have to plug my car in. Eat, use some straws. So, only with your, so a thousand, so this is awesome. A thousand shall fall at your right side. So, anyway, stuff's happening out here. A, a thousand shall fall at your right side, 10,000 at your right hand. Is it going to touch you? No. Come on. Only with your eyes you're going to see this stuff, right? And see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord his refuge and the Most High your habitation. So where is he saying the refuge is? Between the cherubim, under the shadow of the feathers. How you get back into the garden, guys, is your divine imagination and heart. Okay, next, next slide. We'll finish this up. All right. Is this helping you? Because I think John 15, this is John, I think he says the exact same thing there. If you abide in me, where do we abide? Think on the right things. The, between the cherubim, under the shadow, in your brain and heart, right? Think on the right things because they're seeds. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Guys, sorry. It is not, it is not, what were Jesus' words? It's not that book. It's, it's not. I know this is really hard for people to get. Jesus is the word of God. In fact, I was sharing with one of these pastors today. I said, you know, after the church fathers and, and what I've really learned from all the biblical scholars, they're going, Jesus is the word of God. And, and what they taught the early fathers, they said, you must start, before you open that book, you have to see God as this perfectly loving, benevolent God that loves you passionately. Now make the scriptures bow to that concept, that word. We've done it the other way. Here's this really hard scripture. I don't get it. It looks like God's really angry. Jesus has got to be like that. No, we, Jesus is the true message of God about us and about how much God loves us, and the word better bow to that idea. That's, that's what I believe, 100%, right? So, um, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, so that means if you know you're perfectly loved and whatever you ask for that, that will give you more life, 
is freely given to you. That's, that's where you abide in that. Does that help? That's what you abide in. Because he says, up until now you didn't realize this secret, but the secret's within. The whole kingdom's within. I'm giving you the life hack. Everything's yours. You already have it. Before you've even asked for it, you have it. Now abide in that message. Isn't that better? That's what this means. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what God wills? David, you really wanted a wife? I'd give it to you. What? Our, our brain explodes, doesn't it? You should, <laughs> I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you, until you realize how much creative ability you have, you're going to have these weird ideas who God is. You shall ask what you will. What do you desire? Make sure the best desire, guys, is that it benefits your neighbor as well as you. You can't pray like, Lord, get him so I get. That's, does it happen? Yes. We can actually create like that. But it ends up a mess. So, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. It shall be done unto you. Let that message be there. So, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Fruit comes from planting what? Seeds. This is all quite easy, actually. So, how? You guys want to know how? That's what we do, right? All right. So, your salvation, which literally is not you going to heaven, guys. Salvation was healing. So, so. I'm going to heal every part of your broken heart, your wrong belief systems. So your salvation, your healing and freedom from every situation, like we just saw Psalm 91. Hey, what we see naturally, if we dwell in the truth, what we plant in our, between our cherubim is actually what we're going to experience. 10,000 people can be worried about something else. It won't touch me. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? That's so good if you understand that. Man, oh, your salvation, your healing and freedom from any situation, that's sozo, healing, so is within. So don't focus on your physical ears, eyes, touch. That's carnal. It says first the physical, then the spiritual. First Esau, the hairy guy. Do we have hair? The physical man, where I'm, I'm a, like a beast. I got to go work for my stuff like a beast of burden. That's Esau. But Jacob I loved. Jacob's got smooth skin. Smooth stones, not cut without hands. All these stories point to something else, the, car, the mind of Christ. The spiritual man doesn't have hair. You guys get it? That's why he hated Esau. I hate this old covenant nonsense where you've got to go work for your inheritance. Who thought of that? I hate that. I don't like Esau. Does God, love, does God hate any individual? If we take the Bible literally, it says he does. That's not what it's pointing to. It's a type and shadow of something. I hated the fact that you guys wanted to receive your inheritance by working for it like a beast, like you got to crawl down like Nebuchadnezzar. That thing slay that beast. 666. This daughter of Abraham's been bowed down for how many years? 18 years. What's 6 plus 6 plus 6? It's the Antichrist. It's the thing in your brain. It's the thing. Like, don't let him put a chip in you because that's the... (laughs) Completely missed it. The kingdom's within. You don't have to worry about anything outside. It's what... You believe in your heart, which defile a man. So here's what he's saying. This woman should not be bowed down from illness. She's been bowed down for, by your legalism. Six plus six plus six, which is man's effort. That's why David, when he takes the five stones and he kills all the giants, the giants have six toes and six fingers. It's man's effort. The spirit will kill everything here. Does that make sense? Is this helping you? Don't look at the literal story. Get the, get the spiritual meaning behind it. I'm not kidding. You can look at the literal story, but then you're going to say, well, God, then my husband can go get another wife, which I think that kind of, you fail then. So at least in my experience, don't have two wives. So one's better. <laughs> so, so don't focus on your physical eyes. Touch. That's Esau. That's, that's, that's the, that's the, the carnal mind. That's the Diablos, the fallen mind where I believe what I see is real. Make your dwelling within. Abide with the truth about who you are in Christ. So what you see, feel, act out within is literally taking this creative spirit of God. Is his spirit of God flowing through you every minute of every day? Yes, his, his spirit is creative. So what we do with it with our hearts and minds, we can actually see what we desire to have happen in our life, and that becomes real. That's Jacob, which turns into Israel when he believed, the people of God. So anyway, let's just, let's do this. So if there's anything negative going on in your life, stop looking at it with all your senses here. Does that, does that make sense? Because the kingdom's within, your salvation's within, the healing's within. If you ask anything inside here, I hear you and I will do it. It's literally his creative ability making it happen. So you don't need to worry about how you're going to make it happen. 
We talk about this all the time because immediately we, if we know how we're going to make it happen, then we don't understand the seed yet because we don't understand how an apple seed turns into this apple tree with millions of other seeds. Like we, no scientist can tell you how that works. That's this mystery of the kingdom, right? So you desire your ends. You desire, before you've even asked, I've said yes, therefore ask so your joy may be full. It's not, Lord, can I please have this? You're not begging to a distant God. You go within. Jesus says, hey, listen, don't, don't use all these words out here thinking I'm going to hear you. The Pharisees and the Sadducees do that. Go get a contractor and build a closet in your house. No. <laughs> That's what a lot of charismatics do. So he's like, go into your prayer closet where nobody sees you. Where are you going to meet him? In your heart and mind. Go within and do the work there. Because what you do there is going to be seen externally by all men. What you do in heaven, the spiritual place is what the Jews thought, the place you can't see, God's there. That's where you meet God. It's spiritual. You can't see him. Will be done on earth, the physical. Isn't that the Lord's Prayer? So what you do in the spirit, guys, is what you're going to do on earth. Cool? So if there's anything negative, you're not bound by it, guys. It's not the end. It's, there's an answer to everything. The same anointing that everything that was attracted to Jesus is attracted to you because you're one with him. Isn't that cool? So, oh, hey, with men, this doesn't work. But with, with me, how many things are possible? Every, everything. So I, I share one little testimony because I was sharing with this lady when we were in Dubai because I, I think I love these testimonies. So this one even shocked me. So real estate went down 600% there, six times. And they have old covenant stuff, meaning that if you can't pay your bills, they throw you in jail until you either serve all your time or kinsman redeemer, somebody, a family member, and comes and pays your debt. Right? So this lady is, and they have to leave. The expats have to leave every six months. Or so people just left stuff. We went when it was like blowing out. Cars and everything. They just left everything getting out of the country so they get thrown in a Muslim jail. And so this lady comes to us, and she goes, um, I'm trying to sell my condo. I bought at the peak. Now, if I was a realtor with the carnal mind, what would I tell her? <laughs> Good luck. It's going to be a short sale, right? So here's what we told her. She said, I don't know how this works. But go home. Just lay your hands on that house and go, it's sold in Jesus' name. And before we've even asked, he said yes. She's like, okay. And so we get home. And this is where what we believe, is he going to do what we believe? No, way better. He's going to do exceedingly abundantly what we believe or ask. It's going to be better. So this is one of the times where I just like, wow, Lord, you're just showing off now. So, so she's like, you know what? It sells. And then she, we get home and she goes, you won't believe this. See, if we know how it's going to be done, it's not the kingdom yet. We know not how. We don't have to figure out how it's going to work. You just believe. You see it as it's already done. Because he said, before you've asked, you have it. So when people go, I've done everything and I still don't have it. That's your problem. You have it. You have it. Your spirit is real. He's, he doesn't withhold anything from you. You're not doing it wrong. You didn't do it. Well, maybe I didn't do it long enough. No, you did it way too long. <laughs> you, you, you prayed for the whole county already. Stop. There, <laughs> you got everybody prayed up. Right? I'm, thank you for doing it because I'm sleeping. Um, and then she goes, you wouldn't believe this, but I got 40000 more than I even asked for it. And the real estate market was 600% down. Hallelujah, man. All things are possible if you plant it right here. Amen? So you're not stuck in any situation. You start to see these things from God. So you calm yourself down. I would recommend... You know, that's where the breathing, the, the physical stuff helps. You, I close my eyes when I pray with you guys, even online, just because I don't like to see all the distractions because it affects me. That's the carnal mind. I use my spiritual eyes, my spiritual ears, my spiritual sight, everything within, in the dark place. That's where we meet God, where, this, where we can't see. And here's what you need to convince yourself of. What you see there is literally the divine, creative power of God bringing it the best way for you. You don't have to know how he's going to do it. So like I was sharing with this guy today, he's like, well, I'm in this business and you know, I'm doing the, 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 the. I said, why are you in the business? And he's like, well, I want to make this much money. I go, what if God wants to give it to you anyway? You care? 
So if you want to make $100,000 this week, do you care if it came from that business or you get it? What do you really want? He goes, well, I want the 100 grand. Exactly. So you're trying to figure out how to do it. You guys with me? <sighs> we know not how. Lord, I want this. Oh, perfect. Great idea. Before you even asked, I said yes. Now I have it. So I see, I see as if it's already done, and I know not how, but that is a creative act. That is the power of God planted in my heart. Now I go to sleep. I rise and fall, but first the blade, then the ear. You will see exactly what you put there. Amen? Does that help you? So you're not stuck. What do you want? It really is, what do you want? Well, I don't know if it's his will. No, he gave his will up to us. That's how crazy he is about us. He's like, I've given you the ability to do it. Oh, that's dangerous. I know, but... I love you that much. You have the ability to create whatever you desire. Amen? Isn't that what it says in neuroscience? If you, you would never have a... Uh, do I have negative thoughts? All the time. I want to beat myself with a bat half the time. Then they have to go, wait a minute, Lord. Gosh, you even make my mistakes to prosper. Hallelujah. That's what I'm going to abide in that. Like, because I just want the end result. So, Father, I thank you that I've already given this because you want to give me life and life more abundantly. And you said, yes, you're such a good... Like I was sharing with this guy today, he's like, so is he just like a sugar daddy? The best, the best. He doesn't give me kale, he gives me like stuff. Amen, because they don't like that. They don't like that. Well, he's just not like a slot machine. I'm like, yes, he is. Yes, he is. That's the hard part to get this, right? Well, what if it's not his will? What ye will is what you're gonna get. What do you want? So don't have negative thought because the negative thought is what you get. Does that help? So does that tick us off every now and then? We were talking about that like, ah, you seeing it's my fault? Of course, it's not his. But if we're mature, then we can actually take that creative ability and go, okay, I got myself in this mess. If I just start planting different things in here, not worrying about how it's going to happen, I'll start to experience that. That's exactly how the kingdom works. Amen? All right, Father, we just love you. We praise you. We just, oh, let people get this. Let me get this. <laughs> let us all get this, that you've made it so simple a child can do it. That whatever we see within, we can close ourselves off to the carnal mind, and all things are possible. Whatever we desire, whatever we see within, is literally the creative ability of God bringing it to pass. The minute we put it there, how do we, how do we, how do we show him our desire? We're one face-to-face -face between the cherubim. He's there with us. He knows every thought. And he takes that thought and starts to bring it to pass immediately. That's the power of God. That's this, this anointing within. So, Father, just thank you that we can learn to forgive. We can learn to love our enemies because even our creative ability can go hurt people. And that's not what you want, but you've still given us that freedom. That's, what, that's how amazing you really are. So, Father, let us learn to love. Let us learn to forgive. Let us learn to live out of all that. We've lost nothing ever if somebody's done something to us because you restore everything. So as we pray for them, which is a part of our body, we're actually praying for us. So, Father, I just thank you that for whatever these people have asked, let them get a revelation they already have it, that you've said yes and amen, that you love them perfectly. And if they can just abide in that, that this is true, what I actually see in my mind is more real than what I see physically, and exactly what I see in my mind is what's going to happen here. And I can get there now, like with a chariot of fire. In Jesus' magnificent name, amen, amen.